Tonight is a very special night because it is the sending forth service of our sister, Miss Noreen McAfee. So there's a special missionary emphasis to this meeting. And we're going to begin with a missionary hymn, 676. Lord of harvest, send forth reapers. Far and near the fields are teeming with the waves of ripened green. Far and near their gold is gleaming o'er the sunny slope and plain. And this is a sending forth service, and we're thinking of the Lord sending forth reapers tonight. Let's sing it joyfully unto the Lord's great name as we have our opening praise. <clears throat> of the meeting tonight, we are delighted to have members of the mission board here to participate in the service tonight. We're going to ask our brother, Mr. Eric Graham, if he will come and lead us to the throne of heavenly grace. Thank you. Let us all seek the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank thee tonight that we can worship thee, the living and the true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea, and 
all that in them is. We praise thee that thou art not only the God of creation, but thou art the God of our salvation. We thank thee that when the fullness of time was come, thou didst send forth thy Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And we praise thee tonight, Lord, for all who can bow their heads in thy presence tonight in this worship service, and they can call thee Father. We thank thee for all who can look back to a time in their experience when they came to know Christ as their own and personal Savior. Lord, we thank thee for the happy day experience. And we thank thee for the wonderful good news of salvation. We praise thee tonight that we're gathered here, Lord, to honor one who is going to take that good news of salvation to far-off fields. And we thank thee for our sister Noreen. We thank thee for her labor and love for thee in this congregation. We praise thee for the congregation that supports her, the prayer warriors here, and all who have been called into thy service through the ministry in this house. And Lord, we do pray for thy dear servant as she takes her leave of us on Monday and Tuesday. We pray, Lord, that thy hand will be upon her in her going out and coming in. We ask thee for her dear mother, for her family circle. We pray that the hand of the Lord will be upon them for good. And we pray, Lord, that thou wilt fill the vacancy there in the family circle. Undertake for Noreen, we thank you, Lord, for her labors in the land of Kenya. We praise thee for the lives that have been touched there through her ministry. And who knows what thou art yet doing, Lord, through the labors of thy dear servant in that land. We praise thee for all that has been accomplished so far in Emmanuel Christian School in Uganda for calling her to the work there and for her love for the boys and girls that she ministers to and for her dedication to the things of God. Oh, Lord, we pray tonight that even as we honor her and as we remember her, Lord, that thou will put your hand on her afresh. We pray she'll know the touch of God, that she'll know the protection of the precious blood of the Savior around about her. And we ask, O oh God, that as she goes forth to take up the work afresh, that she'll know a fresh touch from yourself. Lord, just undertake, we pray, and bless her and undertake for her. We thank thee for the mission board and the missionary council. Praise thee for the Reverend Park and for his labors there in the missionary council over many years, for the Reverend Harris in the mission board of her church, and for all the members, Lord, of that board and that council. And for those who are here tonight, Lord, we pray for wisdom and guidance in the days ahead. We ask that thy hand would be upon us. We thank thee for the missionary work of our denomination. We praise thee for all that you've raised and for those serving in far-off lands tonight. We pray, Lord, maybe some of them joining us here through the broadcast. We pray, Lord, that they will know that as we are ministering here tonight and as we're honoring thy servant Noreen, that they are upon our minds and upon our hearts as well. And Lord, we commit them afresh to thee. Hear prayer tonight, Lord, for all that would take place for thy dear servant that will take up the word and bring it afresh to us. Prepare our hearts now for it. Undertake too, Lord, for the choirs that sing. O Lord, grant that we'll know a real sense of thy presence in the midst of your people. So hear prayer tonight. Receive of our thanks for all of thy love and for all of thy mercies. In our Savior's name, amen.
to bid you welcome in the Saviour's precious name to the house of God tonight for this special service and those that are joining us on the internet whether it's through Sermon Audio, Facebook or YouTube. Refreshments will be served. We, we hope you can stay. Uh, many of you will want to have a wee chat with Noreen before she heads off on Tuesday to return back to Uganda. Uh, we want to thank the ladies who are responsible for tonight's supper. And uh, Monday night is our session meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday, remember Noreen as she goes back to the land of her calling. Wednesday night, there's a special meeting here, the Ladies' Fellowship meeting at 8 o'clock, and the speaker is Emma Hamilton from Ballymena, and the soloist Olivia York from Porklanone. And uh, a sumptuous supper will be served to you on Wednesday night. Thursday is the midweek at 8 o'clock when we once a month remember a Christian school particularly and this coming Thursday night the mission. Uh, we had our week of prayer for the mission and then the mission was postponed because Her, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II died and so therefore we put the mission off for about a month and that will commence as you know next Lord's Day evening but we will be praying again particularly for the mission Thursday night. Friday is the Youth Fellowship at 8 o'clock. Friday is Presbytery and Cross Gar for the elders. Then the Harvest Weekend for us, Saturday night at 7.30. Reverend Simon Anderson, who was a student assistant here, will be coming from Ochnacloy to preach the word. And the Hebron Choir will be singing special building fund offerings over the weekend. There will be supper on Saturday night. The ladies are asked to bring the eatables. Thank you in anticipation. The decorating of the church will take place on Friday evening and Saturday morning. And so those that are providing the flowers, the fruit, the vegetables, and so on, please bring them in Thursday or Friday. Next Lord's Day begins with the early time of prayer, 8 o'clock, the Sunday school at 10.30, and the Bible class at 10.45. The harvest continues in, at the morning service, the worship service at 12 noon. Dr. John Douglas will be here to preach in the will of God, and again, our choir will be singing. Then we go to the town hall in the will of God. Seven o'clock is the meeting. Every mission service will have a season of prayer half an hour beforehand. <clears throat> the Hebron choir will sing and in the will of God will be here to preach. I want to thank you for your tithes and offerings to God's work. These are all the announcements and they're all subject to the will of God. We're delighted to have our choir uh, to sing tonight. We're going to ask the Hebron choir to come forward and minister in song. Thank you.
sing to the choir and just as they take their places, uh, look to the cross, watch Christ die, see the sufferings, behold the wounds of Calvary. It's that kind of love that demands everything that we are. And I pray tonight that we'll be moved in our hearts and that God will speak to us and that there will be many who will give themselves afresh to the Lord's work in light of the cross of Jesus Christ. Very glad to have uh, from the mission board the Reverend Ian Harris and he's going to bring greetings and that will be followed by a presentation from the mission board by Mr. Alistair Hamilton and there's a little presentation from the church as well. But first of all the Reverend Harris. Thank you. Thank the Reverend Park for his warm words of welcome this evening. It is a great joy for us to be with you tonight at this special sending fourth service for our sister, Miss McAfee. Noreen was not just a friend in Kenya many years ago. She was not just a colleague, but she was a neighbour, just literally lived over the hedge from where we lived in Kitali for many years. So it's nice to be here this evening and to wish her God's speed and God's blessing as she goes back to her calling in the land of Uganda and in the school in Emmanuel. On behalf of the board, we want to wish her God's blessing. We've watched Noreen's labours over the years, her zeal for the Lord, her industry, her absolute commitment to the work that God has called her to. And she has blessed our souls and encouraged us time and time again and it's been wonderful to hear the reports from uh, Emmanuel Christian School of all that God is doing there. So on behalf of the board, uh, could I assure Noreen once again of our support and of our prayers, and we will be remembering you especially as you go back this week. There's just one little verse of scripture. If I could draw your attention to it. Why do we have such sending forth services? <clears throat> and why uh, do missionaries feel compelled to leave all that they know and love on the home field and go abroad? Well, the answer is given to us in Third John, this little epistle on verse 7. It says that for his name's sake they went forth. Our sister's not going because of any uh, self-promotion, of any possibility of bettering herself in this world uh, as the world views it. She's going simply forth for his name's sake, that his name might be uplifted and glorified in the land of Uganda amongst the boys and girls of the Emmanuel Christian School and all the other uh, many avenues of service that Noreen is engaged in out there. For his name's sake, they went forth. And those who do go forth in his name's sake, they have the promise of the Great Commission. Lo, I am with you always. And knowing always, every day, every hour of every day, every step of every day, the Lord is with you. And not only with you in the land of your calling, but we know also uh, with your loved ones and with your family back here at home uh, in Northern Ireland. Lo, I'm with you always. For his name's sake, they went forth. May the Lord bless you. We assure you of our prayers 
and we pray God's speed might be made known in your journey. Amen. Well, tonight we return thanks for the Lord's blessing on you, Noreen, as you have travelled around the churches here in Northern Ireland in this time of deputation. It's been quite difficult to arrange the deputation meetings this time. We had to balance the needs of getting around all of the churches together with the demands that Noreen has in the school in Emmanuel. And that was why she had to go back home for a few months in the middle of it. Uh, but nevertheless, we were able to cover all of the churches, uh, both with uh, Noreen doing the deputations, but also some other people stepping in and uh, conducting those meetings on her behalf. And tonight I would say thank you to those people uh, who stepped in to the breach and did that. Um, I would also like to give thanks tonight for all of those who have supported Noreen so generously in this time of deputation around our churches. Her work and her message has clearly challenged hearts as she has traveled around our churches. And I must say personally, uh, both in terms of the time that I was there in January of this year, along with Mr. McMillan, but also in recording that video, uh, the Lord has challenged my heart as I have got a little bit of a deeper insight into the work uh, that Noreen McAfee does in the land of Uganda. And I hope in the video we were able to get a little bit of that across to you. Um, and I hope as you watch that, you had a better insight into uh, the work that our sister Noreen is involved there in Emmanuel Christian School. As a result of those deputation meetings, I'm pleased to say that the generous support that's been received means that Noreen can go back uh, to Uganda without any concerns or worries about the financial needs for her next term on the field. And that's a great, uh, a great burden removed. Every missionary that comes home and does deputation meetings knows that they're going around to raise their support uh, for the next term. But due to the generosity of God's people, that concern, Noreen, has been removed. And you can return safe uh, to your work there in the land of Uganda. As I watched that deputation video again over the weekend, uh, before I made these brief comments uh, for tonight, I was struck, Noreen, by your comments at the very end of that video, where you quoted those words in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And Noreen, we can see the contentment that you have as you're in the center of his will in the work in Uganda, but also I'm sure we can all see the great godliness you display in the way that you do your work there in the land of Uganda. So may the Lord bless you as you return to the land of your calling and as you get back to that place of spiritual contentment. Noreen, I would ask you to come forward. I have a small presentation to make to you on behalf of the board. And uh, then I think our brother is going to make another one here as well. Our mission treasure. Your mission treasure in Hebron. The Lord bless you, Noreen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Noreen, on behalf of the committee, congregation, and friends here, we'd like to just uh, give you this wee gift to show our appreciation for what you do in the mission field for your Lord and Saviour. We just pray as Noreen travels back on Tuesday that he will be with her in her travels and that as she goes on to the mission field again and the land of her calling that he will bless her and bless the people over there. Amen. 
So we give farewell greetings now. That's what we're calling them. And we're going to hand it over to you to speak to the folks here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Well, it is good to be here. And I want to thank everybody who has made the effort to come. Uh, it's lovely to see you. And we trust that the Lord will bless us here tonight. Um, we do want to thank those who have made presentations uh, for their kind words and also for uh, the gifts that they have given uh, to me. I have enjoyed going around the churches. It has been different, as has been mentioned, because of the needs in Uganda. But I do want to thank those who booked the meetings. I know they had a tough job and they had to do a lot of rearranging, but I thank them for that. I want to thank those who agreed to have me for meetings and different churches are represented here. I appreciate that. I want to thank uh, Mr. Hamilton for coming over and taking a lot of the video footage and also his daughter Catherine for helping to put the video together. As I went around the meetings, people said, it's a very good video. I said, I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> it was, that wasn't my work, that was somebody else's. So I really do appreciate the work that they did and for how it helped people to understand and to see the work a bit better. I want to thank those men, and they've been mentioned too, the ones who stepped in whenever I went back and did some meetings for me. And I heard, heard good reports of those meetings as well. And I trust that the Lord uh, will bless you for doing that. I also want to thank those who offered to drive me and those who did drive me. Uh, I appreciated that. And um, there were others even who wanted to drive me, but maybe it just didn't uh, work out this time. But I do appreciate your kindness even in offering to do that. Uh, I've been encouraged uh, by the interest, uh, by the love, and by the kindness uh, of our people. And I pray that the Lord will bless them and that the Lord will continue to encourage and to build up the work here at home also. I want to thank those who've taken part tonight. Um, it was lovely to hear the choir singing. Uh, Mr. Perg didn't ask me about who I would like to sing, but I was thinking one day if he asked me who I would like to sing, I would like the choir to sing. Then I thought, I suppose that's, that would be very sort of presumptuous of me to expect all those people to sing. Um, and yet, uh, as I listened to them tonight, I thought, well, you couldn't get any better than our own choir and even the piece that they sang. Um, I also thank the Reverend McMillan for coming. We're looking forward to hearing him uh, bring God's word and the ladies for preparing supper. Um, and for all who have uh, helped in any way, I do want to thank you sincerely in the Saviour's name. As I head back, I would ask you to pray. Uh, pray for the leaving. The, the leaving never gets any easier, um, especially as, as maybe parents get older. Uh, it becomes maybe more difficult. But pray that the Lord will give grace and that the Lord will give help. My mother did uh, say this week about how well the church has supported me and how well uh, you have helped. And she does sincerely uh, appreciate that. She said she wouldn't come for she would only cry. Uh, and that's very true. She's been crying most of the week as it is. But um, uh, she does appreciate the generous support and the strong encouragement that is given. Pray for the travels, that all will go smoothly, and then for the settling back in again uh, to life there at school. And pray that God will uh, bless in both the school and in the church. 
and that we will see great things even in the remaining months and weeks of this year. Pray that God will be with us and that God will give help. Remember the visitors. Uh, Mr Shields is still on the ground at the moment and will still be there when I arrive. He's been in contact and he's coming to the airport, so that's good. Um, remember uh, Mr Trevor Wiley as he prepares to go after Mr Shields. Remember others who will be coming later in the year at the beginning of next year and pray that God will bless them and remember the Carscavans as they do their deputation and prepare as a family to come over and to join the work in Uganda. Remember our students who will be doing exams very soon. We do always ask people to remember them at this exam time of the year. Uh, but pray especially that souls would be saved and that God's name would be glorified and that God's people would be built up and that uh, there would be a testimony there to the grace and to the goodness of Almighty God. As I've been going around my meetings, I have spoken from Romans chapter 12 and challenged people, challenged myself that we should present ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord and not run after this world and be conformed to it, but instead prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Tonight I want to leave one other verse with you. It's, it's been on my mind all week. It's from Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, a very well-known verse in this chapter where Isaiah had that vision of the Lord and that vision of the lost. And then he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. I've been thinking about that question, whom shall I send? Two questions really. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I've been thinking about it much during the time I've been at home, not only this week, about why why it's, it's really put there in, in two ways. Whom shall I send and who will go? And of course it reminds us of God's sovereignty. God is the one who sends. But then man's responsibility, man is the one who goes. And you know I was just thinking about that. We don't only need God to send but we need those who are willing and ready to go. And then I was thinking was there anybody ever sent who didn't go? Of course, the person who came to mind was Jonah. Remember, Jonah was sent and he, he didn't go. He ran away in the opposite direction. And yet the Lord was very gracious. And we read that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And whenever the Lord spoke to him again, he finally surrendered to God's will. And he went where he was supposed to go. And maybe there's somebody here. And the Lord has been sending you. But up to now, you've not gone. I would just encourage you tonight uh, to respond the way Isaiah did and say, here am I, send me. That is all I can say tonight. I'm not here because I'm special or um, anything uh, unusual. I'm only here because I heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. <clears throat> And pray that the Lord would help me to be faithful to him and to serve him. And pray that he would give me the wisdom that I need and the grace for every day. And pray that his name would be glorified and uplifted. Thank you again and may God bless you.
Thank you, Noreen. Be assured of the prayers of God's people here and further afield. And as I said, we're delighted to have had uh, mission board members taking part this evening. And our brother, just in a moment, is going to come and read the scriptures. Mr. Barry Stewart, member of the mission board and uh, an elder in Macrofelt. But if you're visiting tonight because this is the special meeting for Noreen, we want to, you to feel very much at home with us. And may the Lord bless you. Good to have the secretary of the missionary council and his wife. They've travelled as well, come a good distance. We'll ask our brother Barry to come and read the word. You turn with me in the scriptures uh, with, uh, to the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth and the chapter 2. And as you're turning up the passage of scripture, it's a delight for me to be here in this sending forth service of our sister, Mrs. McAfee. I have been out two times uh, with a work team, and I have saw on the field the work of our sister. And we trust that the Lord will bless her as she goes in this next term out there and as she leaves her loved ones here in Balamone and her congregation here. I pray, and we have always been praying, that the Lord will bless that work in Emmanuel Christian School there in Uganda. Ruth chapter 2 and the verse 1. Ruth chapter 2 and the verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabites said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and had continued even from the morning until now. And she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearst thou not, my daughter? Go not and glean in another field. Neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field, that they do not reap, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? 
And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thy eyes, that thou should take knowledge of, of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and are come unto a people which thou knewest not hitherto. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. We'll end our reading there, verse number 12, and we trust the Lord will bless this reading to all our hearts this evening hour. Amen. For we have the preaching, we're going to sing 681, so send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoffing, so send I you to toil for me alone.
I'm delighted to have the chairman of the Ugandan subcommittee, Reverend David McMillan, as the guest preacher tonight at this special meeting. We're going to ask him to come and bring the word that the Lord has given to him as Noreen sets off on Tuesday to return to the land of Uganda. Very welcome, the Reverend McMillan, and the Lord bless you and fill you with the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit as you preach the word. Thank you. We're turning into scriptures, please, to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. We're going to take our text from the second verse of that chapter. We want to thank the Reverend Park for his kind and warm words of welcome. It's a joy and a privilege to be here this evening, to be a part of this special sending forth service and to be identified with Miss McAfee and her labours in the land of Uganda. I want to thank you as a congregation for hosting this, sending forth service and all the arrangements that have been made and uh, the supper that has been uh, provided afterwards. We thank you too for your your support uh, of the work in Uganda. Uh, The congregation here uh, in Hebron uh, leads the way as far as support of the work in Uganda is concerned in Miss McAfee and her labours. On behalf of our Ugandan subcommittee, we take the opportunity to thank you sincerely for your liberality, your generosity. Uh, those of you that uh, sponsor the children, we assure you that that uh, sponsorship makes a massive difference uh, to the lives of the boys and girls. Uh, we talk of poverty in this country, but really we know very little about poverty. You have to visit places Uh, like remote areas of Uganda, to really uh, see uh, poverty in its reality. And some of you have been there and have experienced that uh, for yourselves. So we assure you uh, that the support that you give, the sponsorship, is a great blessing and a great help to those children. If you don't sponsor some of the children, we encourage you to consider that, to do that. Uh, Contact Mrs. Graham down at the, the mission board office, and she'll be able to make those arrangements for you. Reverend Colin Mercer, the chairman of the board, uh, is unable to be here tonight. He has sent a letter, uh, asked us to read that letter on his behalf. Remember that Mr. Mercer uh, was the uh, secretary of the Ugandan subcommittee from its commencement. He's stepping down from that role because of his new responsibilities now as chairman of the board. We have appreciated his labours, and I know that Miss McAfee has appreciated his labours in that capacity and uh, the wisdom and support uh, that he has given to the committee and to Miss uh, McAfee and her labours. He says, Dear Noreen, I apologise that I am unable to be with you at your sending forth service tonight uh, due to a prior preaching engagement. The Mission Board is extremely thankful to the Lord for his good and gracious hand upon you and for your labours in Uganda. Being a missionary on a foreign field has many different challenges, some of which only the Lord and the missionary knew about. Your steadfastness, wisdom, and gracious way at Emmanuel Christian School and associated works there have not gone unnoticed by us, and we are grateful for your readiness to serve in so many different capacities. It is our prayer that the Lord will bless you richly as you travel this week, and that his sustaining and satisfying grace will be your portion. We remember your family at home and pray that they too 
will know much of the Lord's mercy. Henry Law, the one-time Dean of Gloucester, commenting on the words of Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, God be merciful unto us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah. Thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. He said, our supplications should beseech him to look beyond our own needs and to make known throughout the world his purpose, his will, his grace, his love, his design in sending Jesus to assume our flesh, his covenant of everlasting peace in him. But such prayer lacks the essence of sincerity if it evaporates in word only and makes no effort to secure fulfillment. How vain to pray and not to labor in the missionary cause. Be assured of our prayers for you in coming days and months. We look forward to hearing of the Lord's grace and of the extension of his kingdom. We are laborers together with him. And even in the difficult times, he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for your service, and may you know the greatest joy in serving the King of Kings. In and for Christ, uh, Colin Mercer. We'll just have a wee word of prayer together, please. We'll seek the Lord's face. Father, we thank you for this gathering. We thank you, Father, for your hand upon it already. We praise thee for speaking to our hearts in this meeting through the hymns that have been sung, the message and song, the reading of your word, even through the greetings uh, that have been given. I want to pray, Father, that you might speak on, speak on to hearts. We thank you for her, sister, that she was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Thank you for your hand upon her life thus far, her labors in Kenya, and then more recently in Uganda. Lord, give her sister the grace that is needed. You have assured us as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Give her the strength that she needs uh, for her labors in coming days. And Lord, our prayer would be that this might be the, the greatest and most profitable and fruitful time of service, or term of service, that her sister has had on the mission field. We pray that there might be others in this meeting tonight that would follow in her footsteps, We pray, Father, that there will be some here tonight that will place their all on the altar for God and would say, here am I, as sent me. Put your hand, Father, upon the remainder of this meeting. Come and be amongst us. You've said, be still and know that I am God. Still our hearts, still this meeting. May the Lord's presence and power be known. May your speaking voice be heard. O God, come and speak powerfully. Uh, to every heart we pray, we offer these our cries in Jesus' name. Amen. The words of Ruth chapter 2, the second verse, let me just read it to you. We're told, and Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. The words especially 
towards the beginning of the verse, let me now go to uh, the field. The theme of the message this evening is in the form of a question. I pray it will come as a challenge uh, to your heart tonight. The question is, are you in the field? I'd like you to think of that uh, personally this evening. It's very easy to sit in the meeting and think of how a word or message applies to somebody else. But take the question tight to your own heart. Consider it prayerfully, carefully, as we're here in the Lord's house, in the Lord's presence. Are you in the field? We're thinking, of course, of the field of service. One of the things Mr. Douglas taught us in the Bible college was the importance of chapter headings. Whenever you read the Scriptures, study a book of the Bible, whenever you read through a chapter, try to get a heading, even if it's only a word that sums up the contents of that chapter. It'll help you to remember uh, the chapter and to remember the the events or the message that is contained within it. Ruth chapter 1 is the chapter about the far country, the family leaving Bethlehem and going to the far country of Moab. Chapter 2 of the book of Ruth is the chapter about the field. In the book of Ruth, the four chapters, there's eight mentions of the field, and seven of them are here in chapter 2. So it's very clear, uh, brethren and sisters, you may have noted it as our brother read the passage to us a little earlier. It's very clear this is a chapter about the field. The events of chapter 2 take place in the field. That's the setting in which they are found. Let me remind you that this is no ordinary field. This, brethren and sisters, is the field of Bethlehem. You think of the events that took place in this field at a later time, at a later date. You think of David, the shepherd boy, the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz. It was in this field that he kept the sheep. It was in this field at Bethlehem that he killed the bear and the lion, that he practiced using a sling, that he played his harp and wrote some of the psalms. Think of several centuries later, the Savior's birth, the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night at the time of the birth of the one who is the good shepherd. These brethren and sisters are the shepherd's field. The fact is that some of the best known, some of the greatest events in the Bible took place in this field at Bethlehem. So there's a sense tonight in which we stand on holy ground. This chapter is about the field of Bethlehem. Remember that there's an established principle of interpretation, the law of the first mention. It's very significant, the first mention of anything, any fact, any truth in the Word of God. And this is the first mention in Ruth chapter 2. It's the first mention in all the Bible of the field of Bethlehem. Remember tonight, or let me remind you, that the field is a place of work. There are farmers here in the meeting that could tell you that. The field is a place of toil. It's a place of labor. If you look down the chapter uh, to verse 19 in the middle of the verse, the question is asked of Naomi, and where wroughtest thou? Naomi's asking Ruth about her day's labors. That's a, an old-fashioned work, wroughtest. It's an old-fashioned word 
for hard work, for diligent labor. The field is a place of toil. I was brought up on a farm myself. I know from a f- for a fact they would not want you in the field if you couldn't work. And with that in mind, brethren and sisters, notice that Ruth, this young woman, this young convert, she's in the field. She's in the work. She's bringing in the harvest. She's not sitting at home moaning about her situation, doing as little as possible, eating the bread of idleness, letting others bring in the harvest. Ruth was a worker in the field. And I want to ask the question tonight. Remember the question that forms the title of this message? I want to ask the question, is that true of you? Are you in uh, the field? Can I say to you, brethren and sisters, if there's one thing that we could say this evening of Miss Noreen McAfee, beyond doubt it is this. She's a worker. She's a worker in the field. She's like Ruth in this chapter of God's Word. We take the opportunity tonight to pay tribute to her sister, especially to her labors on the mission field. She has proved herself now in well over 20 years of labor. She has proved herself as a worker, a capable, diligent, faithful worker for the Lord. In fact, I say to you tonight without exaggeration, Miss McAfee, Miss McAfee could do the work of three men, and she probably is on the mission station there at Uganda. I stress to you, if you don't already know, some of you do know by experience your visits to Uganda, her workload there is phenomenal, uh, to say the least. And I want to stress to you in the light of that, brethren and sisters, the fact that she needs help. She needs others to go and share the load, to share uh, the burden. We rejoice. The Lord has called the Kerskadans. That's a definite answer to prayer. They'll be doing deputation meetings. Come and hear how the Lord has called them, the story of how the Lord had been working in uh, their lives. But others are needed. The work there is great. I want to highlight to to you tonight that we're seeking in the mission board to build a missionary team in Uganda, those who can work together in the great harvest field, in that great harvest field there at Emmanuel and in the wider field of Uganda itself. On the farm, one person could never bring in the harvest on their own, regardless of how capable, how strong that person may be. Whenever the harvest is being brought in, families and communities work together. Neighbors help each other. And it's the same brethren and sisters in the spiritual, or, or so it should be, bringing in the harvest of souls is teamwork. It requires teamwork. I want to point out to you, Ruth wasn't the only worker in this field. For us, she's the most prominent. Sometimes because of that, you can lose sight of the others. She wasn't the only worker in this field. There were others. There were reapers. There were gleaners. There were young men. There were maidens. There was the head reaper. Verse 6 talks about the servant that was set over the reapers. In spiritual terms, that's the chairman of the mission board or in the wider picture of the denomination, the moderator of the presbytery, the servant that's set over the reapers. 
So there was a time. There was a time of reapers bringing in the harvest. And brethren and sisters, that's what's needed. That's what's needed in Uganda. That's what's needed across the earth. Teams. Teams of reapers. Teams of workers. Teams of laborers. Missionary teams. And with that in mind, I want to bring a challenge uh, to you tonight. I want to bring a challenge to your heart. Are you a worker? Are you in the field of service? Let me remind you tonight, brethren and sisters, God is looking for workers. The Lord is here tonight in this meeting. We pray he'll speak through his word. And the Lord is here tonight looking for workers for his field. He would say, son or daughter, go work today in my vineyard. You've been halting. You've been holding back long enough. Give yourself to the work of God. Do you remember what Moses and Aaron would say to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. That's the the great reason why the Lord has saved us and redeemed us, so that we can serve him here on earth. God doesn't bless laziness. God doesn't want you to be a spectator in the church or in the work of God. Maybe that has been true of you in the past. What the Lord wants you to be is a laborer. So I emphasize it to you, brethren and sisters. God is looking for workers. God is a field. The Bible describes that field as the world. And God wants workers for his field. And sadly, those workers are scarce. That's the message of the Savior himself. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers, the laborers are few. Even in the church of Christ, it's not a tragic situation. I wonder, is that true here in Hebron? You think of the word work, how it's repeated in so many significant places in the Scriptures. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, spoke about the work of the ministry. A lot of jokes about the minister just working one day a week. That's not how the Bible describes it. Remember, it's the easiest job in the world if it's done wrong. It's the hardest job in the world if it's done right. Paul, writing to Timothy, spoke about those who labor in the word and doctrine. There's the work of the ministry. Paul, writing to Timothy again, spoke about the work of the evangelist. Sometimes people in church circles have a romantic notion of being an evangelist and all that is involved in that. Notice what the Word of God says. It's work. Winning souls. Reaching the lost for Christ. There's work to be done. You think of what is recorded in the book of Acts of young John Mark. He went not with them to the work. That's the mission field, the work on the mission field. I want you to see tonight, brethren and sisters, there's a work to be done. There's a work to be done in the harvest fields of the world. There's a work to be done at home and abroad. And God wants workers for his field. Are you willing to be one? Are you a worker tonight? Are you in the field, in the field of service? Maybe you're in the Lord. That's our burden on this Sabbath evening, the gospel service, that you can say that you're in Christ. Remember, there's only one of two conditions, either in Christ or out of Christ. Our prayer is that you'll be found in Christ, that you'll not go from the meeting tonight without the Savior. 
But you may be in Christ, you may be saved, you may be in the church. But what about the work? Are you in the work? Are you in the field of service? For many Christians, that can be an entirely different thing. Paul, writing to the Corinthian believers, you know that verse at the end of the great resurrection chapter, verse 58 of chapter 15, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Is that true of you tonight? Are you in the work of the Lord? Ruth was a worker in the field, a worker in the harvest field. She's a picture here in this chapter of the Christian worker. And brethren and sisters, that's what every Christian should be. That's what you should be, child of God. You should be a worker in the harvest field. From time to time in the news, the government will release uh, to be announced the unemployment figures in the nation. Remember, men and women, there should be no unemployment in the church. There should be no unemployment among the ranks of God's people. Nehemiah was able to say that the work in Jerusalem prospered because the people had a mind to work. Notice he didn't say a body. He said they had a mind. Do you you have that mind tonight, that spirit, that outlook, that attitude, that you're willing to work for the master? So think of Ruth as a worker in the field. Think of the field in which she's working here in Ruth chapter 2. Let me tell you about the field. We can look at this field in different ways. I want us to think of the, the types of field that this actually was as far as Ruth uh, was concerned. For one thing, it was a local field. Remember, it's the field of Bethlehem. What that means is it's where Ruth was currently living, where she was currently residing. She was in her own area, in her own community. So we can say at the outset that Ruth was at work in her own locality. I wonder, is that true of you? Are you at work here in Balamone, the community round about, the gospel mission that is coming up? Are you get involved in the evangelistic outreach of your local congregation? I grew up, or I attended the Martyrs Church uh, for quite a number of years. My home church, as far as the Free Presbyterian denomination, is concerned. There was a godly office bearer in the martyrs in those days by the name of Bob Gunning. Some of you will have known and remember Bob Gunning. His brother James and wife Dory went uh, as missionaries, served the Lord in Brazil. For a time, Bob was a little concerned as a young man because quite a number of his friends and family members had heard the call of God to serve the Lord on the mission field, to serve the Lord on the foreign field. And and he was troubled about that, maybe that he had misunderstood, hadn't fully and clearly seen and grasped the call of God in his life. So it was something that he prayed about, and the Lord spoke to him very clearly and showed him without doubt what the Lord's will was for him. It came from Psalm 84, those words that you will know. Rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The Lord was showing to him his work, his life's work, was to be done at home in the support of the home congregation. 
And I want you to see that tonight, brethren and sisters. There is a work to be done at home. The first time I met Miss McAfee was through a youth council group that came under the leadership of the Reverend Dean Kenny. Uh, we were living and laboring in Wales in those days. Miss McAfee was involved in teaching in the Christian school here in Balamuni. Our sister first faithfully served the Lord at home. And I want you to see that tonight, brethren, that there's a work to be done at home. The Lord needs those who will stay by the stuff. There are those who say, I would go to the mission field, but they're doing nothing at home, doing nothing in their local congregation. Do you remember the message of the Savior to the man of Gadara? He said, go home. Go home to your friends. He wanted to go with the Savior on his missionary team, his evangelistic team. But the Lord said, no, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord hath done for thee. Can I ask you tonight, brethren and sisters, what are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing here in Balamuni? What are you doing in your home community, in this area, in this church, to serve Christ, either spiritually or practically? You think of the Apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest missionary the world has ever known. Remember that whenever Barnabas first went to seek for Saul, Barnabas left the great church at Antioch to go to seek for Saul, he was in Tarsus. Now keep in mind he's known as Saul of Tarsus. So Paul first labored for the Lord in his home community, in his home city. And that's the great example, men and women, for all of us uh, to follow. D.L. Moody, described sometimes as the man that moved the world for God, he placed one foot in America, the other foot in the United Kingdom, and moved them both for God. We sometimes think only of Moody as an evangelist among adults and grown up. But remember, Mr. Moody began his labors among the children in his local congregation. He went asking to teach a Sunday school class. There was no Sunday school class for him. All the classes were filled. But the, the superintendent said, if you want, go out and round up some boys and girls and form your own Sunday school class. And that's what Mr. Moody did. And he found he was very good at it. He described it as drumming up boys and girls. They started serving the Lord locally. And you must do uh, the same. Remember, young people, if you ever have any desires to serve the Lord on the mission field and you want to approach the board or approach the presbytery in that regard, that will be the first question that will be asked or one of the first questions. It will be asked of your minister, your, your clerk of session, your clerk session. How have you served the Lord? How faithful have you been in your attendance, your support, and your labors here in the local congregation? So the field in which Ruth was laboring, it was a local field. I want you to say as well, we could view it as a Jewish field, because remember, Bethlehem is in Israel. Think of it. Ruth is a Gentile, and she's working, she's laboring in a Jewish field. And as you consider that tonight, let me emphasize, never forget, brethren and sisters, there's a work of evangelism, there's a work to be done for God among the Jewish people. Many Christians think of evangelizing the Arabs, the Chinese, 
the Africans, and that is good and right and proper, but they never think, they never consider evangelizing the Jews. How sad and how wrong that is. Do you remember the words of Christ to his disciples? He said, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Never lose sight of that, brethren and sisters. We're to take the gospel to the Jewish uh, people. Think of what Paul said writing to the Romans. It's to the Jew first and also uh, to the Greek. May the Lord write that in your heart tonight. There is a divine order in evangelism. There is a divine order in missionary work. And that divine order, brethren and sisters, is taking the gospel to the Jewish people first. That's established in many places in the Scripture. Think of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost ends of the earth. Notice the order. The order is important. Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria and then after that the uttermost ends of the earth. The Jews are to hear the gospel and they're to hear the gospel uh, first. Do you remember what the Savior said before his ascension up to heaven? That repentance and remission of sins is to be preached among all nations. There's the Great Commission. We're to go to all nations. But this is how he ended that statement, beginning at Jerusalem. There's the same truth. Brethren and sisters, we're to begin with the Jews. It's the Jew first. Paul and his great missionary journeys, remember, were taught in the Bible not just by precept but by example. Paul teaches us by his example. Whenever he came to Thessalonica, the Bible says, as his manner was. He's setting out his example on his missionary journeys, how he preached the gospel, to whom he preached the gospel. So what was his manner? What was his procedure in his great missionary journeys? Well, he entered into the synagogue, and three Sabbath days he reasoned with the Jews out of uh, the Scriptures. It's the same truth, brethren and sisters, to the Jew uh, first. And remember that Paul was the great apostle to the Gentiles. That's where the burden, the greatest scope of his ministry lay. But he was a man that practiced what he preached. He preached the Jew first, and he practiced that in his own life and in his own ministry as well. It's a hard work. Those that have labored among the Jews will tell you that. Miss Mills is in the meeting this evening. It's a hard, it's a difficult work. That's one of the reasons why it's neglected. But it's a work, men and women, that needs to be done. I encourage you tonight, pray for missionary work among the Jewish people. Pray that the Lord might be pleased to raise up, even from our churches, from our denomination, those that will go forth and take the gospel to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You read the story. Away back, you know, Sometimes we lose sight of what was done in former ages, former generations. 1839, the Church of Scotland sent a delegation. Their purpose was the inquiry to the Jews. They were to travel out to what was then known as Palestine. Robert Murray McShane, Andrew Bonner, so well known to us to this very day. They were part of that four-man delegation. In every town and place they stopped on the journey, 
And remember, it was a very long journey in those days. There's a book that you can buy that tells the whole story. They stopped in every place and made inquiry about how many Jews there were there and work, evangelistic work was being done amongst them. As a result of that, Dr. John Duncan was sent out by the Church of Scotland. Dr. Rabbi Duncan, as he was affectionately known, because of his labors among the Jewish people, particularly in Budapest there in Hungary. Under the labors of Dr. Rabbi Duncan, men like the, the celebrated Alfred Eidersheim came to Christ. Dr. Adolf Safar. You know, Dr. Adolf Safar was ordained by the Belfast Presbytery of the Irish Presbyterian Church. In 1854, they ordained him and set him apart as a missionary to the Jewish people. And the acting moderator on the night was the noted Dr. Henry Cook. Read the story as well of David Barron, a prince of the house of Israel, a converted Jew, became a missionary among the Jewish people. Read those stories yourself and get a burden, brethren and sisters, for the need of missionary work among the Jewish people. It was a local field, a Jewish field. The one perhaps that is most relevant to this meeting tonight in the sending forth of Miss McAfee is that it was a foreign field. Because remember, Ruth was from Moab. She wasn't at home in Bethlehem. She was in a foreign land. She was in a foreign field. In verse 11 of the chapter, if you look at the verse, it tells us uh, there that she had left towards the end of the verse, and the land of, her, of thy nativity. The land of your nativity is the land of your birth. So Ruth was working on foreign soil. And I want you tonight, brethren and sisters, to think of the foreign mission fields of the earth. And there's a great need for workers. William Carey, remember that before he went to the mission field, he was a cobbler. From the leather that he used to make the shoes, he made a map of the world, and he put it on the wall of his cobbler's shop. And as he thought of all of those countries, and he considered them, God would speak to him. He would do a little research. He would find out some facts and details, particularly the populations. He was thinking the vast number of lost souls to be reached with the gospel. And he was praying the Lord would guide him and direct him to which of those great fields the Lord would have him go in missionary service. So think tonight, may the Lord give you a vision for the foreign fields to be reached with the gospel. Mention was made at the Missionary Council dinner on Friday night of Dr. Bill Woods, so much loved amongst us, planning to return again to Brazil. Whenever Dr. Woods first came home from a missionary meeting, and he told his father that at that meeting he had heard the call of God to missionary service. His father, in a sort of offhand manner, said back to him, you would hardly get to the potato fields, let alone the mission fields. But God was calling him. And what a work for Christ he has done. Can I ask, brethren and sisters, young people tonight, is God calling you in a similar fashion to be a missionary, to go to one of the foreign fields of the earth? If he is, in the words of the little chorus we sometimes sing, let me say to you, let the Lord have his way in your life every day. Remember in Acts, the Lord said to Paul, 
I will send thee far hence to the Gentiles. Maybe the Lord's saying that to you, to some person in the meeting tonight. The book of the Revelation says that in heaven, I trust you're going to heaven, that your, your sins are beneath the blood of Christ. But the Bible says in the book of the Revelation of heaven that there's going to be people there of all nations, all kindreds, all tongues, and all people. But remember the challenge the Word of God gives. How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Think of the great continents of the earth tonight. Think of the vast number of souls. The population of this world today is somewhere in the region of eight billion. We sometimes sing the little chorus, untold millions are still untold. We could revise that tonight, brethren and sisters, and sing untold billions are still untold. I wonder, will you be that preacher to go and tell them of Christ, to go and proclaim the name of Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ amongst them? Will you go, men and women? You know, Ruth was a, a young woman in the field. You don't have to be young to go and do a work for God. We're reminded of that over this summertime. The Reverend Noel Kelly, he and his wife Stella that founded the work there in Emmanuel some 18 years ago. Remember, brethren and sisters, that the work of the Emmanuel Mission Station and Christian School is a testimony of what two senior citizens did for Christ. They were both in their early 60s when they heard the call of God, when they first went out, when that work was commenced there in Nisala. So I ask you all tonight, whether young, middle-aged, or older, are you willing to go, willing to do work, willing to go to the, to the foreign field? You know that great quote of, of Hudson Taylor, the founder of the China Inland Mission? He said, if I had a thousand pounds, China should have it. If I had a thousand lives, China should have them too. No, not China, but Christ. Can we do too much for him? Can we do enough for such a precious Savior? What of your life tonight? The, the choir sang a little earlier, love so amazing, the love of Christ and the cross. You know, sometimes we, we miss the message of that hymn. It's a it's actually a hymn of consecration. Love so amazing. Think of the cross of Christ, his love for you. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Are you willing to give your all for Christ and his service? We preach of the finished work of Christ. What a truth that is, to be faithful to the gospel his once-for-all sufficient sacrifice in Calvary. But men and women, there is such a thing as the unfinished work of Christ. And that's the work that Christ gave us in the Great Commission, to carry the gospel to the very ends of the earth. Are you involved in that work? Are you in the field? You know, whenever Mary Slessor went to Africa, like Miss McAfee, Mary Slessor went to Calabar, the region of Nigeria. She was standing on the docks in Liverpool 
waiting to board the ship. And she noted the cargo that was being loaded onto the same vessel. She noted that they were loading on barrels of whiskey to that ship. And that really spoke to her, really challenged her. You ask, how could barrels of whiskey been loaded onto a ship challenge one going to serve the Lord on the mission field? Well, for this reason, she thought to herself, whiskey has reached nations and peoples that the gospel of Christ has not. It's not a challenge tonight, brethren and sisters. Are you challenged about the need of the souls to be reached? Think of Ruth in this chapter, a worker, a young woman as a worker in the field, in the harvest field, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the harvest. So as I draw near a close, I put the question to you again this evening. What of you? Are you in the field? Are you in the field of service? What is your field of service here at Hebron or in some other place, wherever you've come from to this meeting uh, this evening? C.T. Studd, C.T. Studd, remember, he was perhaps one of the most famous, if the most famous cricketer that England ever had, was a part of the first team to win uh, the Ashes. C.T. Studd went to labor for the Lord in China. He was one of the Cambridge Seven that went out to labor with Hudson Taylor. He labored for a while also in the land of India. The greatest part of his work was done in Africa, in Central Africa, the region of the Congo. He formed what was known as Ham, the Heart of Africa Mission. C.T. Studd's wife came from Northern Ireland, came from Lisburn, Priscilla Stewart, if you're in the center of Lisburn, beside W.G. McGuinness's solicitor's offices, just a little beside that is where the Stuart family home was. So Northern Ireland has a very significant part, even if you think of that one story alone, in the development of the missionary cause of the church. C.T. Studd, during his life, wrote a little poem. You may not know the poem. I venture to say tonight that you know at least two lines in the poem that are repeated in every verse. Let me quote to you by way of challenge the first verse of that little poem. It says this, Two little lines I heard one day while traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life. It will soon be passed. And it's only men and women, only what is done for Christ that will last. Hark the voice of Jesus crying, who will go and work today? Fields are white and harvest waiting. Who? Who in Balamoni tonight? Who listening to this broadcast? Who will bear the sheaves? away. Are you in the field? She said in that text that we took our, our text from tonight, verse 2, let me now go to the field. I pray, brethren and sisters, the Lord will write that text in your heart, and that'll be your response at the close 
of this missionary sending forth service, that you will resolve, you will purpose in your heart before you go from this place. If the Lord has been speaking to you, maybe a struggle going on, you know the Lord has been calling you to surrender your life, to go and study in the college and become a missionary or a minister or a minister. If that's the case, just settle it tonight. Surrender your life. Say just where you sit at this moment, let me now go. Let me now go uh, to the field. May the Lord bless his word to every heart. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McMillan. I trust the Lord will bless that word. Some of what you said tonight was said this morning. And if you were here this morning, God is saying the same thing to you again tonight. And he's calling you. And I trust that you'll hear that call. And as we come to the final hymn, it reminds us that we must not miss the well done of God. I have only one life on this earth. And as vapor is passing away, I must labor for treasures of worth our toil ends at the close of the day. We're going to sing just the first two verses of the hymn, and then we're going to have just a special time of prayer with our sister Noreen as we commit her to the Lord for her service. And at that time of prayer, we'll ask Noreen to come to the front, and uh, any member of the mission board that's here, any elder that's here for many of our churches, want you likewise to come up to the front as we commit Ignoring into God's hands. Thank you. folks to come forward and the congregation remain standing place. Thank you.
Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence with us tonight. We thank you, Lord, even for the preciousness, Lord, of this meeting. We thank you, Lord, for our dear sister Noreen. Oh, Lord, we thank you for saving her. We thank you for calling her unto thy, pre unto thy word, unto thy work. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless her. And, oh, Lord, it gives us uh, joy in our hearts even to be able to send her forth into uh, full-time service once again, even to the land of Uganda. Lord, we send her with confidence, knowing, Lord, that even, Lord, that the great God of heaven, the God Almighty, has set forth an open door before her. And, oh, Lord, we know that no man can shut it. Amen. Oh, Lord, we thank you for her uh, faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for the talents and the abilities you've given to her. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for her love, her love for her Savior, and her lo the love for the boys and girls there in that land of Uganda. We pray, Lord, you'll bless her. Bless us, Lord, even as a mission board, as a denomination, even as a congregation, individually. Help us, Lord, to be much in prayer for Noreen. Amen. We pray, Lord, that we are, we thank you, Lord, that we are laborers together with him. And, oh, God, we just pray, Lord, that you will even uh, unite us together, bind us together, Lord, as workers, Lord, in thy field. We thank you for thy precious word to our hearts tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the clearness of that word. And, oh, God, we pray even if there's someone, someone in the meeting here uh, th this evening, Lord, we just pray you'll challenge hearts. Lord, we just pray we'll challenge each one of our hearts. Lord, that what are we doing? Are we in the field? Oh, God, we pray, Lord, you'll touch hearts, humble us before thee. And, oh, Lord, we pray that you'll go you'll bless us, and we pray, Lord, that together, Lord, that we will be steadfast, Amen. unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Continue with us and bless us and do us good, and we'll be careful to give thee all the praise, the honor, and the glory, for it's in thy name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Father, as we continue before thee, we know that this is a special moment, a special moment of setting aside our sister for another term of service, and as really and truly as the church in Antioch, in Acts 13, sent out Barnabas and Saul to the work that they were called to do. We are sending our sister likewise with the blessing of not only the congregation here that she belongs to, but with the blessing of the denomination, with the mission board's blessing and the missionary council as well. We pray as she is sent forth that the Lord will travel with her, give her a safe journey, and we rejoice in that great mission field that you have opened for her we know that there will be those that will meet her in glory as a result of her going to the land of Uganda. Remember McShane said that if one soul from Manworth meets me at God's right hand, my heaven will be two heavens in Emmanuel's land. And we know that Noreen's heaven will be many heavens as many of these children, the boys and girls of the school, will meet her at the right hand of Almighty God. We pray that you will bless her, therefore, as she takes leave of her land, of her family, of her church, be with her. We pray for her mother especially. We know that farewells are never easy times, but we pray that you'll grant great grace and the grace of the Lord be upon this family. Fill your child with God the Holy Spirit and send her back there in the fullness and the might of Almighty God to do that work that thou hast appointed for her. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name giving thanks for your presence tonight, for your word to our hearts, and for the time of fellowship and the good things that have been provided. Bless them to us, we pray, and separate us with your blessing. 
for Christ's sake. Amen.